Welcome to Orange is the New Browns podcast. We want to thank the Paleontology Society of Northwestern Iowa for naming us the Ross Geller Best Podcast Award of 2019. Welcome to the show. There's a snake in my boot. Oh, no, really, there's no snake in my boot. But this is the Orange is the New Browns podcast. Toy Story 4 just came out. What an exciting week it's been. Happy 4th of July, one day later. One day late. Happy birthday, America. Happy birthday, America. It was an honor and a privilege to celebrate with you yesterday. Not you, but America. America. F yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Anyways, let's break this down. Like we said, Toy Story 4 came out, which was exciting news. I mean, as a Browns fan growing up in the 90s, late 2000s. 95s when Toy Story came early out, Early 2000s, man. yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it, it was a really – I mean, it, it upped the game of it changed movies. The, it changed the world, bro. Period. Changed the world. You know what else changed the world? Who? Bonnie, because she's trash. Well – The movie as a whole – I'm going to say this. The movie as a whole is a great movie. Good movie. Great movie. Forky, one of the best characters they ever came up with. <laughs> like that. Trash. Yeah. Like trash. You think Forky's trash? No. That's what he says. Yeah, he's trash. trash. <laughs> Here's a toy in trash. <laughs> trash? But the way Bonnie did Woody, absolutely disrespectful. You know absolutely disrespectful. You know what's disrespectful? She was like Colin Coward. Bonnie Ca yeah, that's exactly Woody, where like I was gonna Mayfield. go with this. Bonnie treated Woody like Colin treats Baker. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the movie, we're not going to spoil it too much, but let's just put it this way. Colin, this is what happens because we have he something happened this week, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Karma's a B. Karma happened on the Coward show. So I always told Karma's a B, right? Right. Karma's actually an earthquake. Karma's middle name is Colin Coward. Yeah. yeah. Now. Karma is going to get you, Colin. Yep. And it did. So while he's starting to trash talk our Cleveland Browns. Yeah, he's in the process of it. He's in the process. Just dropped OBJ's name and Olivier, Olivier Vernon's name. Right, and then boom, earthquake. 6.4, 6.9, depending on what, what television network you're, you're yeah. watching. And he has to stop because he's right in the middle about start the Browns bashing, which he that's all he does nowadays because that's the only thing that can get him ratings. It happens. Yeah. Guess what? What do you bet he crap I didn't his even pants? listen to your show anyways, and I don't care. What do you bet he crap his pants? And he was just like cool and calm about it. He's like, oh, we're going to take a little break. But he had to go clean his drawers. Guarantee it. Maybe. He's one of those guys that he'll be talking mess to somebody, and then right when they get in the face of him, like he, they're getting in his face, and they're pushing him against the wall, he's going to piss himself. That's what Colin Coward is. Yeah. He's, and that's what he deserves. He's 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 scared. I would hope that like a, a light from a studio would have fallen down and hurt like his shoulder, so he understands to stop talking about it. So... I feel like the way that the earthquake stopped him from talking about the Browns was that should be a light bulb. That's a sign. That, that's a clue. That's, that's a sign. What, that's what we use in my line of work. Yeah. That's a clue. That's a clue. So That's the sign that the, the universe and the world knows we're going to win 10 straight Super Bowls and don't say anything else about it. Exactly. So Well, we had a really good interview this week. We did. Right after we get done with this Browns news, you're going to be able to hear right here on the Orange is the New Browns podcast – First time listener, first time interviewer. Yeah. You know, this is Brittany Mollis is yep. going to be on the show. She's a contributor for Big Play. Technically, she was on the show Wednesday, but we're going to slice her in into this podcast. Easy peasy. I mean, and believe me now that this sound quality is 150 times better than our first interview. Yeah, our first interview, uh, you weren't prepared. And there was a thunderstorm. So yeah, I mean, happens. we had technical difficulties. We had a lot of technical difficulties. This is a big thunderstorm too. I'm not a bad. I'm not a bad audio technician. No, you and, just and you just weren't prepared. That I just day. wasn't prepared. And today, or actually Wednesday, Wednesday it turned out well. So let's get to the next part of the Browns news. Uh, Browns news, obviously, coming along with uh, the fact that Lamar Jackson decided that he was trying to avoid the question about the Browns. Because what does he say? He's like, well, we're looking forward to talking to uh, uh, or playing the Miami Dolphins. Okay. You know so, you know what? I don't care what other running backs say. <laughs> like, I don't care. 
Yeah, I mean, you can, you can I mean, you're a running. You he's running he definitely is a running back. Yeah. I mean, uh, they keep talking that you know this new offense is going to be you know him throwing the ball. No, well, if you mean throwing the ball with a five five uh, yards bubble screen, yeah, that's probably what we're talking about when it comes he to Lamar. He doesn't have accuracy. Like he doesn't. No. And so watching the highlights, I mean, even, there's not even highlights, but watching some of the film that the Ravens have put out and you know that they're showing, they don't have like the building the Ravens or anything like that. But he. His throwing power is not there. His accuracy is not there, and it's not going to be good. So you can they can preach it up all they want, but it's not going to be good. You know, I, I don't want to steal this out of the Browns playbook, but I believe that OBJ and Jarvis Landry will have more passing yards and touchdown probably touchdown yeah. than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean they they practically. I mean, was it OBJ and Landry both had you know one of the high or lar- longest throws OBJ of the season? Had, yeah, yeah. You know, so. And Landry, yeah, Landry, and Landry. I was at the game that Landry th- threw the threw ball. that one. Yeah. yeah, I was like, "What just happened?" So again, you know, here we are, you know, talking about our rivals. Our rivals want to make news because they're trying to avoid us. Well, you they're know, what's afraid of us. The best part is, is they should be worried about playing Miami, and here's why. And Miami, you would think right now, since they went on a fire sale, you would think that Lamar Jackson wouldn't be worried about Miami. Yeah, but let's just put it this way: Fitz Magic. And Josh Rosen, yeah, are a hundred and fifty times better than Lamar Jackson, yeah. quarterback. And while we're talking about Miami, let's throw some T's and P's up for Kendrick Norton. Kendrick Norton, defensive and P's. tackle. Did you see yep. what happened to him? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so he's the defensive tackle for the Dolphins. Was in a car wreck the other night. Ooh, arms amputated. Oh, so, that's terrible. Yeah, so T's and P's to the T's Norton. and P's. Norton, his family, and a safe recovery, and hopefully that you'll find something to do in the sports area if not football but some sort of announcing well maybe you know maybe espn will do the right humane thing and get him a job yeah so our heart goes out to you yeah so on that sad note let's move up to another positive note yeah how many days until brown season well it was 22 days two days ago so 20 days till training 20 days 20 days till training camp are y'all excited as we are because i know i am like i'm excited just to see the videos i'm excited to see you know, building the Browns episodes on it. I'm excited to see the the way the fans have reacted to it. So, for the first time ever, we're seeing fans. I mean, last year the you know we they said in the interview, Brittany said in the interview, but this year we even have even more fans showing up at this training camp because of this hype. And so, we know not only do we have Baker mania, but we have OBJ mania too. Yes, we so. do. And I'm pretty excited. I'm ready for this season to start. I'm ready to listen to this interview. Yeah. I mean, it it was pretty good. It was a great interview. That's Brittany was really, really good at this interview. I mean, it was fun interviewing her. It was fun talking with her. Yep. And I say we get right to it. Let's go. Let's do this. Everybody, this is our interview with Brittany Mollis. Sit tight and buckle up. Get your popcorn. Brittany, thank you. Hi, guys. Thank you for letting us have you on as a guest on our show. We're super excited. You're an amazing Twitter follow. You're always positive. You tr- you try to keep light of everything, especially in Cleveland when there's some there's some dark times up there sometimes. <laughs> so, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, guys. And greatly appreciate you taking time and taking time away from your your natty lights. So, oh yeah, the things that get real exciting. I was about to say. So you already started before <laughs> the week before Thursday, so you're good to go. So were you hanging out you with Kareem Hunt this weekend? <laughs> <Are> you, <laughs> yeah. You know what? KT, <laughs> this interview is over. <laughs> well, the good news is, is we're all on the same page with Cream Hunt. It it was blown out of proportion. It was blown out of proportion. At the same time, I'm in the camp that believes that. Have you guys ever been to Barley House? Yeah, KT got a kicked out of Barley House. So okay, R- yeah. were you there on True like story. a Saturday night? Yeah, we were there on a Saturday night. So. Okay, so you understand that maybe that's not a wise choice, and if you already have like four strikes against you, maybe don't show up at places like that. Yeah, just because just hang that's out. how things. Yeah, things get blown out of proportion. That's how they happen. So, my favorite place know. to drink is my porch. It's a great place. Right. I don't ever, I don't ever get kicked out. So. Yeah, it's cheap. You don't have to talk to anybody. Exactly. It's perfect. Def- definitely don't get arrested. You don't get arrested. Yeah. Unless, Usually not. Unless exactly. you let, walk out. You know. Yeah. Into the open area. That's the that's the issue. <laughs> Stay so on the sidewalk, people. So you're a diehard Cleveland fan. I am. Well, I should say diehard for Cavs and Browns. Yeah, so not an Indians. What, what baseball team no. do you follow? Any? Oh, I wrote a whole article about the Indians. They Okay. 
a long time, like when I was little, the Indians were like my everything. They were the yeah. love of my life from the time I was little until about uh, about ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And of course, what had happened was I w- I loved Victor Martinez. He was oh, oh yeah yes Victor Martinez, the love of my life. So once they traded him and I saw him cry, I was like, you know, things are getting kind of shady around here. Yeah. So then year after year, I, I watched all these players leave, and, you know, slowly I was like, I don't, why am I watching this anymore? Why do I care? So then, you know, it all kind of climaxed, like, at the beginning of this year when the whole Frankie situation happened, and, you know, Dolan was like, oh, enjoy him. And I was like, you know what? Screw this. Yeah. <laughs> so I've watched probably two games this season. Um, I've been to, uh, you know, a couple of games. I, I really enjoyed going to Indians games. They're a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever get to go. We've never been to the Cleveland. We've always been out here in Texas and went to Kansas City a couple of times, too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Progressive Field's beautiful. They, they've they done a wonderful job putting stuff in there. And it's really exciting that we have an all-star game coming up. That's going to be fun. Um, and, you know, all the festivities. I'm totally pro-Cleveland, so anything – we get down there that, you know, generates yeah. money and it's a good time. It helps for the city a good out crowd. considerably. So. Yeah, yeah. The, the only thing I don't so. like about the All-Star game is the logo. Like, they could have they could have kept the guitar out of it. I don't know. Oh, I know. So it was the just, guitar, it's so played out. It's like hokey, and I was like, yeah, you can't do that. Like, don't do that. Yeah. So. No, I'm with you. No, Definitely. we, we, we uh, every single podcast that we have about the Indians – and KT can attest to this, is we hate the Dolans. We absolutely hate them. Yes. Because so, mm-hmm. we grew up, you know, I mean, we might have lived in West Texas our entire lives, but our dad's from Cleveland, so we were born and raised Brown fans. So, uh, and even for us, we actually played on the Indians in Little League. So, in 94 when there was a strike. Aww. Yeah, so in 94, 25, 25 years ago, when there was a strike, our Indians mm-hmm. actually won the championship. So. Oh, look we'll, at you guys. Yeah, so we're the we're the last Champions. Indian team. Yeah, we're the only last Indian team that's actually won a World Series. So, <laughs> but no, we go. we've been frustrated <laughs> with this team, especially with all the players, and um, yeah, we can attest to Victor Martinez too because we actually met Victor in Texas. So w- when he Aww. was uh, playing for the Indians in '07, when we had Cliff Lee and all the great <gasps> size. 2007, that yeah. was my favorite year. That was so, it. Yeah, so we we actually went to the game on Sammy Sosa night and got to see Cliff Lee beam Sammy Sosa in the head. On Sammy Sosa night, yeah. So Sammy Sosa got knocked out of his uh, his uh, 600 home run celebration, but Victor Martinez was one of the only players that was actually personable because we actually stayed in the hotel that the team stayed in. So, aww. Short little note. This is a little funny, fun little tidbit about Brian and Travis Hafner. So they decided to get in the elevator at the same time. He gets, they push every Hilton button in that. Possible, yeah. Yeah. In the Christmas, it, it's like the movie it's from like Elf. the Christmas yeah, tree. It's Elf. From Elf. I was like, oh, it's a Christmas tree. So he <laughs> so. decides to do that. And then Travis, I guess, hit the open button uh, at the first floor. Yep. And uh, Travis walks in, looks at them, kind of nods at them, <gasps> turns yeah. around, sees the Christmas tree lit lights, and then goes, and walks directly shakes, out. Out, oh shakes his head, and walks out. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Good times. Good times. <laughs> you know, with, uh, with our Indians folklore, um, that same trip, I was sitting in the lobby, and this old man asked me, Hey, why are you wearing an Indian's hat? You just wearing it because it's like, like I don't trendy. Know, trendy, I guess. I don't know. I was like, well, you're not really trendy if you wear an Indian's hat. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm a huge Indian's fan, and uh, he's holding his granddaughter. And we started talking, and he was from Arkansas, and I was like, oh, okay, cool. He's like, well, I gotta go to the restroom real fast. Do you mind if you hold my granddaughter? And I was like, excuse me. What? So I'm like, I'm 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 like early to mid twenties, and I'm like, uh. I don't know about this one. And he was like, no, it'll be real fine. You're an Indian's fan. I trust you. Blah blah blah. Hands me his grandkid. So, oh, no. elevator opens up. Cliff Lee walks off the elevator. You know whose kid it is? Is it his? It's Cliff Lee's daughter. Oh, my gosh. So, he walks directly at me wondering why the hell I'm holding his kid. So, you're like you <laughs> yeah, didn't get like, punched. Uh, and his grand, his, 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 it's his father-in-law. <laughs> it walks up and he goes, hey, oh, he was, he was, what are you doing with my kid? I was like, oh, it's, I didn't know. He just handed me. He had to go to the bathroom. I was freaking out. I was like, I'm about to get my ass kicked by Cliff Lee. So Seriously? Seriously. So, it was a, uh, I was like, oh, my gosh. So, uh, it was a fun trip. We didn't win that game, but it was a it was an absolutely fun trip meeting the players that we got to meet. And I forget who our coach was at that time. Um, uh, Eric Wedge. Eric Wedge, and he was actually yes. pleasant too. So Aww. extremely pleasant. So well, we we feel your pain, Brittany, on on yeah. on the Indians. So you guys you guys don't like the Dolans? Do you like uh, Gilbert or has that's or, that's yeah, our the Haslams? Yeah. My question for you: One of the questions that we have for the Cavs team, since you're a diehard Cavs fan, which is hard to do. 
uh, mm-hmm. especially since LeBron left, is should Gilbert sell the team, especially with his no. health? With his health, though. The, okay, I will say if he ever did sell the team, I hope it's to LeBron. Other than that, no. So we've had a podcast about that that LeBron should buy the team. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we need uh, he he's he's the only one that should be able to buy a team. So wouldn't that be perfect? It would be absolutely perfect. He could retire. As I would a, love that. Re- come back to Cleveland, retire as a Cav, and then yeah. buy the team. So. And then Bronny could play for us. Yeah. So the, everything comes back to Cleveland. The world revolves around us, guys. That's what we need to do. And Bronny could wear the number twenty-two, which I think twenty-two is our curse number. That's a curse number. Yeah. So per the ESPN thirty for thirty guy. Yeah. So oh. you know, did, I've did never you seen see that? that. Oh. I've never watched thirty for thirty. Really. You well, I've seen like episodes of thirty for thirty, but I never watched the Cleveland one. You need to watch the one on on the number twenty two. It's just like mm. a short. It's a short film. Yeah, and it's, it's, like, it's very oh, so interesting. It's on like specifically the number twenty two. Yes, on the number twenty two and why it's our curse. So Ooh. everything from the fumble, the drive, all the way to LeBron leaving, and then coming back. Yeah, it's, it's got. Huh. It, they they associate almost every every twenty two number, whether it's the twenty two yard line or the jersey number of a Browns player that was 22 to a baseball player that was 22. So yeah. Ew. it's a very interesting little little tidbit for uh, – I've never heard that before. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, just Google 22 and the Cleveland, the Cleveland curse, and you'll get to watch it. It's interesting because the guy that goes very in-depth with it, and I was – because KT told me about it, and I watched it, and I was like, holy crap. So, so yeah. Brittany, uh, mm-hmm. you just said something about do we like uh, Dan Gilbert – Mm-hmm. Or and or and or the Haslam's is that what you you were trying to say? Yes, yes. So here's here's my answer. If everything works out with John Dorsey, and mm-hmm. the season turns out like we all think it's going to, uh, in a positive direction to to playoffs and championships uh, down the line, Haslam's yes, I, I'm I'm good with mm-hmm. Haslam's. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. Dan Gil, okay. I, I'm I, I'm a little torn because I'm still hurt from LeBron. It doesn't matter whether he left in 2010 or last year. To me, me and me and LeBron have two different ideals of what is being a true person for the sport. And when you bounce out of Cleveland after you promised that you're going to stay there and this is where you belong, now I understand his outside of basketball work. LeBron wants to stay there. Spaceship too. <laughs> so <laughs> so I know that on the outside what he does for the community of Akron and, and Cleveland it's awesome but yeah I still I'm still a little uh, ever since 2010 I've had a very very love-hate relationship with LeBron so if Dan sells the team yeah it would be nice to have you know LeBron buy the team but that needs to happen soon because the the clock's already starting to tick on him so if he wants to still play for Cleveland and then retire, this would be the time to go ahead and start trying to use those dollars and do something that Dolan doesn't do and dole them out. Dole out those do dollars. You think, do you think so. that he will come back and play like one more season, close it out in Cleveland? I don't think so. You would no. hope. So we can all hope. But I don't even. I feel like I'm at the point now where I don't even hope that he does that. Like I'd be, I'd be ecstatic if he bought the team eventually one day. But as far as him playing with us again, I'm so, like, involved with the core group that we have now yeah. and this young team that we're building. And you see the destruction that LeBron James leaves behind when he leaves. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's just like, oh, my God, why would why would anyone ever want that again? So, like, to me, if you never played here again, I'd, You'd I'd, be okay with it? I'm, I welcome it. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's fine. Well, if he came um, back and played for us, we're not going to have him in his prime. Like, it, it's going to be Kobe's last year where occasionally he might put up a few points and play 20 minutes, but that's it. So Yeah, and I don't want to see LeBron like that. No, like, you, you want to see him in his stay prime. where you are, yeah. So, with LeBron leaving, did you ever have that sense that you should follow him to L.A. just to become a Lakers fan? No. See, there's people that are just that, – that, that have blown my mind that have been Cavs fans that have followed LeBron to, you know – and I get it trying to stay loyal to the guy that brought a championship to us, but I haven't figured out why they would follow him to the Lakers. Because well, yeah, but they did that with Miami, too. Yeah, I hate that. So Yeah, I knew a lot of people that started cheering for the Heat when he went there. And, of course, they came back and acted like the biggest Cavs fans when he was playing, yeah. whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't understand. I could never do that. Like, I like LeBron. I respect him. I love him. 
but you know he's gone i feel the same way and this is something that um i've talked to you about a lot of people this like obsession that fans have with Kyrie irving where they're still like so in love with him and they think that he's just the greatest thing that ever happened there are fans that will argue that you know he played i i get the shot and everything but this argument that he was like the player in in the championships and it was because of him that we won and it's like well actually guys i think that's more to do with 23 but you know and then you just get tired of arguing with people but yeah you know i think those two are completely different because lebron you know i he's he grew up around here you know he he does a lot for the community now Kyrie Irving won't even come play basketball here no so So if i got to sit next to Kyrie. I would look mm-hmm. him in the eyes and say, why are you the way you are? Right. You know, like, why is Kyrie Kyrie? Why is he doing Like, this? why can't you just be, like, a likable person? Because people want to love you, and you're just so incredibly unlikable. Why do you have to be like that? Wait, he could have been, because I think what LeBron was trying to do was set up the team to have Kyrie as the leader of the team and then leave. And then Kyrie blew that out of the water, wanting a yeah. trade. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little lost when it comes to this conversation because my deal is, is LeBron knew what he was doing and all he did was capped us extremely bad, put us with yeah. a bunch of players that are aging because this is another question for later yeah. with Kevin Love. But the deal is, is I feel like he put us in a, in a very hard spot, even if Kyrie would have stayed there, yeah. uh, we would have been because we had so many contracts like J.R. Smith's and. And Kevin Love's mm-hmm. contract, and uh, obviously Kyrie's going to want Thompson's. Tristan Thompson's oh contract. Tristan, yes. I mean, we got a lot of guys that they they were beneficial at times, but I mean, think about it: who played in the 2015 one? LeBron. LeBron. The I mean, and yeah. Dova. Yeah. That's it. Right. I I mean, those those are the guys that I can remember just you know doing and Shumpert, I guess. Come on, Shumpert. Yeah. yeah, but those are the those are the three that I remember from that championship run to that or to that championship game mm-hmm. and then now we're now we're looking at it as okay so this is what happens when you leave when lebron leaves town lebron's like a hurricane he comes in he, he did it to miami and then he come back to cleveland he did it to cleveland went to miami yeah. did the same thing went back to cleveland did the same thing now he's in la and they sure swept well, all those players gone yeah and like right. in less than a day left so so and that's why i feel i feel like dan gilbert gets he catches a lot of slack for this and i understand to a point um but also like he gave lebron everything that he wanted he gave him everything that he could yeah you know this guy's not afraid to spend money clearly well the, the he will only, spend and spend and spend because dan government wants to win like yeah. that's important to him the only thing so that he everyone hates LeBron, on him. Though, was david griffin if he would have left david griffin there lebron might have actually stayed is my opinion. I, I feel like LeBron always like had the, this plan. He might have always had that plan, but it was like once Griffin was, you know, released and let go to, mm-hmm. to find his own, you know, pastures, LeBron was yeah. pissed. Like he was like, oh, yeah. why would That's you get totally rid of the guy? Understandable. That, and, so, and the Colby Altman guy, I don't even like Colby Altman. So, oh, I like Colby. <laughs> he's, uh, and I, that's my fear, though. Is I wanna, that's one thing I want to pick your brain is, is we have a good core. The, it looks mm-hmm. like we're going to have a good core. Um, love Colin Sexton. Love the dude. Yay. Like, beginning of the year is kind of questionable. and mm-hmm. But the people that are questioning were, like, veterans that are also questionable. So it's not. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of, eh. But mm-hmm. I, ju- I just wonder how long this drought's going to last. Like, what do you see in the foreseeable future of the, of the Cavs organization? Do you feel like we're going to be bad for another five years? I feel like we're going to be bad for uh, this year for sure. Um. I'd say maximum like twenty five wins. It's better um, than last year, so it is. So. And, and you know, twenty five wins is still pretty bad, though. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'd say within the next three years, if they, you know, depending on how these guys, you know, like Garland and um, Porter Jr., depending on how they develop, um, Porter, they, they were both kind of, well, I'd say risky. But that's just, you know, injury-prone and all that. Yeah. Um, but I think they're headed in a good direction if these guys can stay healthy, if they can stay out of trouble. I know that Porter Jr. had a little bit of issues that 
are still, I think, undisclosed to my knowledge. I yeah, haven't they're... heard exactly what happened. They never came out and released um, that stuff, and that's that, no, that's no, one thing that worried me. Is like, do we have another like Johnny Manziel situation or right? Hunt, you or... that's always in the back of your mind. You're like, Josh Gordon, I don't know. So. Yeah. Hey, we, we've I had, liked, we had plenty of headaches movie. like that, so that was my fear with Porter. <laughs> the Windler kid, though, I've I've been watching a few of the the uh, the, the the summer league. Oh yeah, he's that a kid, shooter. That kid can shoot. At first, yes, I was like, can. "This is a stupid pick," and now I'm watching him like, "This is a great pick." <laughs> yeah. Well, at first, like you never heard of, I never heard of him, so they took him, and I'm like, "What? Like, who is this person?" But, you know, you look him up and you look at the reports on him, and you're like, "Okay, like maybe this is a good idea." And then you see him, the way his release and everything, you're just like, yeah, okay, I can get on board with this. I mean, I would love to see a left-handed Steph Curry on the Cavs. That would be absolutely amazing. So So I think we're headed in a good direction. I'd say probably within maybe three years, we'll be at least at the point where... Where we can be the 18? It kind of depends on how the East shakes out, too. Because you don't know like where everyone's going, and you know these super teams seem to like pop up here and there. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see basketball sort of change a little bit. The whole NBA. Um, so hopefully by you know year three of this, we could maybe break into like an eight, seven, or eight seed. That would be ideal. I'm being optimistic because I always am with that team. Yeah. So what's your idea of? If if you had a chance right now with the team that you had, what would be your ultimate idea of how to make it, like you just said, to the eighth or seventh seed in three years? What would well, you I do? Think, um, everything that they've done, like I, I really like uh, Coach Beeline. I love him, and I think you know he, there was he took a lot of slack at the beginning because you know people were like, oh, this is just Dan Gilbert. He's always wanted a college coach, and this is stupid. He's never coached an NBA before. But he has a lot of experience with, you know, young players, which is that's all we have now, except for, you know, like Kevin Love and maybe Tristan for a little bit longer and JR until we could dump him somewhere. But um, I think that <laughs> was – that was up, a, so. Yeah, right? Gosh, he's another subject. I don't even talk about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like – that was a smart move. Um, you know, Garland, I think, is going to be really good, again, if he can stay healthy. Uh, a, a lot of it's just going to just depend on, you know, if these guys could stay their course throughout the, the season. So, I don't know. It, the drafts look good so far on paper. Yeah. Um, I think Kobe Altman has a really tough job, and I don't think people give him enough credit for – what he's doing you know he stepped in and he had really big shoes to fill from the get-go so the, and um, the only thing that i have against colby altman right now mm-hmm. is re-signing kevin love that was he didn't my, like that no because we, we were getting because kevin love is not one of those players that's going to play to 35 40 he's going to mm-hmm. play to his you know early to mid 30s and that's where he's hitting right now and so mm-hmm. given this big contract you're wasting money to do that knowingly that he's going to be gone in two years and you're going to have to unload that on another team so. Yeah, and I think, you know, part of his job that I think is so hard that people don't seem to give him enough credit for is that he's also, he, he has to be like Dan Gilbert's middleman. Yeah. So, like, Dan, that, I think, to my knowledge, that was probably a Dan Gilbert idea to get people to, like, he's almost it's like Michael na- Scott in a way where he's like, I want them to like me, I want them to like me. Yeah, he's, so, he's like too know, much like that. So, I really yeah. love Dan Gilbert when he wrote the letter to LeBron saying that they were going to uh-huh. win championships before him. Didn't turn out, but I was like, <laughs> that is the biggest F you to somebody that I've ever seen, and I loved it. So Right? That, I mean, Bill, that Dan Gilbert was an excellent one. So Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know. You have to have a superstar in order to keep the, the fans in the building. Yeah. And that's right. the way I see this. And that was the only yes. reason why love was, was kept in the first place. Yeah. But now, yes. here we are. And like now everybody a, doesn't want love there because he doesn't play because he's hurt. Yeah, so. well, and, my, and like I said, you know, where, where my issue is with where, where we are as Cavs fans is LeBron left us in this, you know, Horrible. shambles and shambles. Mm-hmm. And, and, all, and, and Colby is – he's going to do whatever he can do to, to make things work. And, yeah. I mean, it obviously showed this year it was pretty bad. I mean, y- when you take all your talent, which is LeBron, yeah, and you take yeah. him out of the mix, and then Kyrie's gone, this is the team that you're going to get until we start filling those holes. 
Can we right. get a superstar? So that's my question for you, Brittany, is that in mm-hmm. looking at the cap space in three years, we, we should be settled up on everybody's contracts. So mm-hmm. we, we like if we don't trade if we don't get to trade Jr. and he just sits down in New Jersey for two years and doesn't play a game, we're still going to pay him fifteen million dollars for two years. Then we're done. <sighs> Kevin Love, two or three years left. So in three years, in your timeline, mm-hmm. we should be able to have enough money to get some super maxes and max deals. The issue is, and you stated this earlier on Twitter a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. is the draw. Is it how right. hard is it to draw you know players to Cleveland? It was beyond impossible with LeBron there. So, how do we draw a player to Cleveland? Honestly, I don't know. And I don't think that that's a problem that's going to get fixed. I think their strategy is just to build from within the organization, you know, offer these guys extensions when they can, you know, the older they get and the better they get, the more they develop. Maybe they'll just have, because some athletes do have like a natural connection with the city yeah like you know like larry nance jr he showed up at, and tremont the other day and just signed autographs at the sign unprompted just did that because yeah it, so we have to hope that we're enough to get these people to connect with us to the point where they won't want to leave um but i i feel like drawing people here that's sort of a lost cause because if you're not from Cleveland, it's hard if you don't have ties to it, yeah. if you're not connected to it in an emotional way, it's sort of, it's not New York, it's not L.A., it's not, it is what it is. It's and better. I think it's better. I, you know, <laughs> be honest, I've mean, gone to Cleveland it. a few times. It's 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 one of my favorite cities. And it's yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, but like for athletes, I yeah. Colin Sexton is a great fit here because he doesn't seem to you know, want to go out much and party much and, and do all that. You know, yeah. Well, he's not a like, mage yet, I, is he? So. No, but like so. he could probably get in anymore anyway. So <laughs> let me ask you this. So with, and this is going to be like a tie-in question here. So mm-hmm. our Browns organization, nobody, nobody, just three years ago, everybody said nobody wants to play in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Nobody. And now everybody wants to play in Cleveland. Yeah. So city-wise, and even this might, this might maybe be, by osmosis being in Cleveland, Cavs might be able to benefit from that if athletes from the NFL want to play in mm-hmm. Cleveland. Well, in three years, if we have money and if the success of Browns is, is what we're seeing it to be, which I predict 10 straight Super Bowls, they uh, <laughs> do you think these NBA players might just say, you know what, Cleveland's a sports city, unlike what Kyrie said. We're a true sports city. Let's go play in um, Cleveland. Do you that think is that's 100%. Help? That's true. And I... I'm hoping for the best because you did see it with the Browns. You know, you got Baker Mayfield and then, you, you know, there's Jarvis Landry. You got these guys that were like, they just have a way about them that I think, you know, people just think, oh, well, it's cool now. So, like, we just have to draw the right people in yeah. to sort of get the others to come in. And then, you know, maybe after that they could see, well, you know, this isn't that bad. But, you know, I don't. It just seems to me with the NBA, it's so much different than the other leagues because you you do have these super teams where these you know they want to go to Miami, they want to go to LA, they want to go to you know well Brooklyn, you know. Yeah, I'm asking. (laughs) And I think Brooklyn's strategy was they hopefully one day we can be like Brooklyn in a way. But do you think Brooklyn is real though? Do you think they're going to be the real deal? They're going to have a injured KD. Mm-hmm. A head case, Kyrie, who also gets injured a lot, mm-hmm. and Jordan, who just fouls. So, what do they like? Is it to me like on paper they look amazing? Mm-hmm. Like if this if this was an NBA two K team, you're gonna win the championship every year. But yeah, you, you have a head case. You have two head cases now because KD's not a normal athlete. So and then Kyrie is just well, he's on a different he's on a different level. And I'm gonna interrupt on this one because. Here, here's how I feel about this. You tell me what you think, Brittany. Mm-hmm. You have a team like Houston, okay, that has Harden, yeah, right? And Paul. And and Chris Paul, which, mm-hmm. I mean, that Harden has upped his game into a whole nother level when he left Oklahoma. So they're not making championships, and they have a pretty solid team, and they had a pretty solid bench. And they don't like each other. Which right. is strange, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what – it, I, I feel like Brooklyn is just the new Houston. Can everybody agree on that? 
I don't know if I would agree with it. only because like I know Kyrie, you know, is a head case. There's no denying that. I think at his core, Kevin Durant is a good person. And I said the other day, if there's any other superstar that I could see successfully playing with Kyrie Irving and all of his weirdness and drama, the one person that would come to mind would be Kevin Durant because you have a point he there. doesn't, he's non-confrontational. He doesn't, he has a, a way about him that's almost like calming. Um, I know he's like sensitive and stuff. I, I understand, you know, they're, they're both, you know, very touchy and, and sensitive. Thousands um, of burners especially, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like when it comes to media and stuff. But as far as like playing on the court together um, and being in the locker room together, I think if if I had to pick a person for each of them to play with that could maybe do it successfully, as successful as anyone can in that league, I would pick Katie for Kyrie and Kyrie for Katie. I think it's it's the best match out there. I mean, they both can, you know, decide if the world is flat. Yeah, together, <laughs> right? And you know, <laughs> they can have long talks. Thinking about what you just said is that Kyrie is a head case, but another head case mm. in the league who's also just talented that Katie played with was Russell Westbrook. That dude is just yeah, he's a different right. he's a different dude. So yeah, so was so was Draymond. So was Draymond. But Draymond, but Draymond, Draymond, he, and KD didn't get along. But he so. spoke truth, and they didn't yeah. need KD. Yeah, I'm just saying. Well, <laughs> it, so here. It, they the, beat the LeBron. Next one, the, the next one we're going to talk about is Golden State. Is that mm-hmm. and and this is something that I've always thought about. In 2016, we beat Golden State, and mm-hmm. I mean greatest comeback in the history of sports altogether. Period. I mean, yes. just thinking about it, and just thinking just about just last month being able to celebrate the three year anniversary, it brings tears to my eyes because it's so amazing. It's just like, hey, this is it an was. actual professional championship for the city of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But if KD would have never gone to Golden State. This is my theory. Mm-hmm. We would have won in 17. We would have won handedly in 17 against Golden State. And I think if he would have stayed in actually in OKC with Russell, because I think Russell's more of – I think Russell and him get along better than he would be any other teammate, like because they, mm-hmm. they were brothers. I think in 2018 they actually would have won the championship. I think if they would have had a few more years and Golden State had a few losses in the finals, mm-hmm. Golden State would have fallen off and OKC would have actually came up. And so, I mean that's that's fair, and that's one that's one thing that I've always thought about. And now, now but now I get to celebrate Golden State's demise. So yes, but and that's that's the next question is like, do you feel like this is the end of Golden State? Um, yeah, they're dominant. They're not going to be nearly as dominant as they have been the past four or five years. I think that's done. Um, so yeah, I. I I mean, they'll still have Clay, I think. Who come back after um, a year? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have Curry, who uh, <laughs> he kind of just falls apart when you know when the they need him the most. Yeah. When the moment's heavy, and that's the thing is they don't have other. If it's just him and Clay, and, right? And they just trade away Iguodala, but they Russell, did get someone. So, yeah, they got D'Angelo Russell, who's not. I mean, it's not. I mean, I understand that, but I didn't understand that trade at all. It's just that they were trying to get something for the Katie leaving. But right, they definitely downgraded like a heavily. lot so in important ways. So Steph's going to have a lot more tasks this year. So I think Steph's going to break down even before Clay comes back. So I, I definitely think you're right on that. So let's just celebrate Golden State, just their demise now. It's it's, it's Independence it's Day tomorrow, beautiful. and the fireworks are also going to mean that Golden State's over. So <laughs> it's a great day. But let's talk. We're got one other question about the NBA before we just talk about the Browns real fast. If mm-hmm. you have time, you got time. Sure. Okay. So the Kawhi watch. So we're on Kawhi watch now. Ooh, Kawhi. So we have, if he wants to go back home, he can go back to the Clippers or the Lakers or -hmm. stay home in Toronto. What do you think his best option is? His best option would be to stay in Toronto. And why is that? Because I hate Los Angeles. Yeah. So there you go. (laughs) So if if he went to L.A., the only team that I would support him on would be the Clippers. So that would be only thing that I would not support him on. The Lakers, because that would, yes. to me, that would be more of a cupcake move than Katie going to call the uh, Golden State. So right, no, I'm with you. I th- and you know his, he really did something so special in Toronto. He he did it. I don't understand why he'd want to leave now. And you know Brooklyn, they're going to be good and stuff, but they're not there yet, and they're no. not going to be there next or next year because Kevin's going to be out all year. Um, you know the East is 
it's pretty much wide open. They could do it again, I think. Um, so I don't, I don't know why he he would leave, especially. I'm although you know, I think about Kawhi as a person, and I'm like, okay, you know, he's quiet. He's like very to himself and stuff. Everything about LA, it, it just doesn't seem like it's him. And I get, I think he's from around there. But he's originally. from Los Angeles, yeah. So he's from. Okay. But what you said is he's just very down home. Like yeah, and I because you know, yeah, like, he played for the Spurs here in Texas, and multiple reports like his first four years in the league, the dude took mm-hmm. buses, like rode the the public city bus, just because oh he wanted to save money. And I was like, oh my god, you're a superstar in the NBA, and you're gonna ride a bus? Like seriously? So this, I mean, that he's just that type of person that he's just he's quiet well, and, and that, reserved if, and he's private. If that I get, like, you, if you want to go home, like I understand that. If he does that, I do hope that he would go to the Clippers. Not the Lakers, yeah. Um, but I, I would like to see him stay in Toronto for you know selfish reasons. I think he's a good fit there. He he seemed you know genuinely happy, not at first to be there, but you know as the season went on, I, and what he did was amazing. I just I would hate to see him leave, and also like we all sort of like started cheering for him. Like collectively, everyone. I I, loved, I I started to <laughs> right? love Toronto. Like even and, um, even before yeah. the finals, I was like the only team that I could see that would match Golden State right now is Toronto. And yes. so, as a Cavs fan, I was like, you know what? These guys are the North too. So let's let's celebrate yes. them and let's hopefully they'll win. And I for some reason I love their coach Nick Nurse. I love him to death. So mm-hmm. he reminds me yeah. of Rick Moranis in the mo- uh, in the movie uh, Little Giants, and he's the little brother that's trying to win the Chevy <laughs> dealership. That's Nick Nurse. So. <laughs> Like, imagine how, you know, after you cheered for this guy so hard and, like, he became, like, one of your own players, then he just goes and joins LeBron James in Los Angeles. And you're like, oh, why do you have to do that? Like, that would make me mad. So I I hope he doesn't do that. I'm so confused with all you LeBron fans. Lovers and haters. LeBron brought it I'm so burnt on – I'm burnt on this. I'm like (laughs) – how can we e- how can we even have this conversation when we're like, oh, I love LeBron. Okay, here's my deal. If Kawhi wants to go to LA, he needs to go to, he needs to go to LA and play with the Lakers. He doesn't need to play yeah. for the Clippers. And and, and the, uh, just cuz I don't like the Clippers. I just I'm, don't want a super team though. I'm tired of these well, super teams. Well, that's the problem with yeah. the NBA. Is they there's no there's nobody has control anymore. It's all about the players and the player options and, and the player option decides, "Oh, I'm going to play one year." I, LeBron, good job. Yeah. You started this. So, well, why actually, not? Why I, wouldn't I not want to see a dominant team? I, I We watched it for like three years yeah. with, with Golden State. So, let's let's uh-huh. listen. LeBron didn't start it, though. Kevin Durant, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen Oh, yeah, this. with the, the big three in Boston. Yeah, but they started this. But we're, we're talking that's – that, that was Danny Ainge's but that's, brainchild. That, that, that was LeBron going, oh, that's a pretty good idea. I'm going to go play with my friends, too. Yeah. So. Uh-huh. The only difference is, is they had the ability – uh, the the management had control on that team, and yeah. when it was time, guess what? Boston really didn't. They had they had their up years, and they they won their championship. And then guess what? They had a few down years, and now they're still up in the top Even area. Even their with, down years though were pretty were not pretty decent bad. though. Like they were they were s- small. Our down years are like we're in the tank. But that's the so. problem, or that's the <laughs> difference between a GM doing this and a basketball player that wants to play with his friends. It's true. Yeah, and that's where yeah. the that's, that's where why the, you hate yeah. LeBron. That's no. So. I, I don't hate LeBron. I like LeBron. He has a tattoo on his back that says, I hate LeBron. Uh, so. it's, it's totally <laughs> false. So. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's always funny when, I talk, when, when we start talking about LeBron, all I think about is burning jerseys and then everybody crying on their knees on 2016 because I did. I yeah. was super happy. But, again, if Kawhi wants to play wherever he wants to play, if he wants to go play with LeBron, guess what? I, if I could play with LeBron – I would say I want to play with LeBron. I'm just saying. If I had the opportunity to play with LeBron, I'd choose to play on my own. I don't Because you get that. to do it by yourself. Because Kawhi got traded to a Toronto team that wasn't a super team. Brittany, who would you want to yes. play with? If you had a choice. If you got the cho- choice to be the star player or a backup mm-hmm. to LeBron, what would you choose? You know? Ooh. Like, it just, if I were Kawhi, what would I want to do? Yeah. Like... Even you as person, like if you if you could be the star of your team, because Toronto won because of Kawhi. Mm-hmm. You go to the Lakers, who wins? Not the Lakers, it's LeBron. I feel like if I were Kawhi, I 
would want to play with LeBron. Told you. Man, I don't think I would. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I, come I would. I just want a championship without LeBron against one of the greatest dynasties in the NBA. But that's the point. He did it on his own with Toronto. And that's something Keep that going. that's something legacy. That's something that he can do whatever it's, he wants to now. Did, yes, did Benny mean, the Jet Rodriguez have to climb that fence and run away from Hercules? No, but he did. <laughs> so let him stay in Toronto. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's finish up with our favorite topic on Orange is yeah. the New Browns. It's the Browns. It is the Browns. That's our favorite topic. Woo. So what we had Pumpkin Hut on last last month, early last month. Great oh, interview. Did you? Yeah, and he, uh, you know, we interviewed. Are him you not listening to the Orange is the New Browns podcast, Brittany? Because I'm I a little. I barely dis- listen we- to any. <laughs> That's the problem. I only listen. <laughs> I, so know, have, I know. I know. I know. We have a lot of things that could fix the world with how our podcast works. We're well. I'm just this start week sharing the crap out of it, guys. Just this <laughs> week, and this is this is probably what happened this week. We were rated the best podcast by the Paleontology pa- Paleontology Society of Northwestern Ohio, uh, Iowa. So. Uh-huh. That's big deal. <laughs> big deal. Big deal. Two weeks in. Congrats, guys. Two weeks Congrats. in, the female chefs of Orange County, Orange County, voted us Ooh. at Best New Podcast. So probably. Probably. Well, it's probably. Possibly. Probably. Yeah. Possibly. So <laughs> we, we paid. Obviously, there's a reason why, you know, we pay attention to your Twitter. And yeah. mm-hmm. we, we started making a list of people like, man, Brittany's got a lot of good stuff. You know, when she's she's putting it, she puts on the Twitter and then I start laughing about something and I'm like, oh, that's good. That's and Aww. that's and that's why when we saw Pumpkinhead, uh, we're like, let's just try for it. Let's see if he wants to come on the show. I mean, we we're brand new to this. We we're, yeah. I mean, we couldn't like get, we couldn't get. So, <laughs> so we we had a phone call and a thunderstorm, yeah. so it was even better. So so and and, and and the same thing with you. We we saw we we saw what you were posting. We did some research, and that's why you know we want. We want to get as close as we can to the people in Cleveland and, and the super fans like us, and the fans that actually want to be fans, not the not the fair weather fans. Yeah. And so because yes. you are definitely, except for the Indians. What got me? What got me with your Twitter is your you have your pin tweet, and so you have the Caleb, mm-hmm. the, the Caleb Crawdad story. You yeah. Know, as, as the office, I was like, this this she gets it. She gets it. She gets it. There's a <laughs> you have to put a positive spin on it, and we've been Browns fans our entire life. Being a Browns fan in Texas is is extremely hard. So, <laughs> I can imagine. It's uh, especially in the '90s when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls and we were moving to Baltimore. It's uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a difficult it was a difficult upbringing upbringing of ours. Did, but did you did you cheer for Dallas when you guys no. were? Oh, we okay. we cheered for Dallas when he when Bernie when went. Bernie went there. So, well, well that's understandable. Yeah, and he got that's to win a Super Bowl as a Cowboy. So yeah, we got to watch yeah. him play the very last down and kneel it and get yeah. a Super Bowl that when the Art N- Modell never and he came in and won the NFC Championship game too. So I mean. Bernie was uh, nice. Bernie was our hero growing up. So, yes. Bernie, Bernie Bernie was KT's primary hero, and I was Bo Jackson because he was really good at techno bowl football. So, yes. had some Raiders in there, but we uh, we love the Browns, and so the having Pumpkinhead on he he you know, but Gus said, and I know some people might not like Pumpkinhead, but we've got I got some like people that messaged me going like, really, yeah, like they were like, why would you have this guy on? He's a super fan, and we want fans that are positive that want to be a part of this organization to support all the organizations in Cleveland and that was who you were. So how is Cleveland? Like I compare Cleveland right now. I was at the Cincinnati game in December. My wife mm-hmm. and I we were in the dog pound. That city was just like Michael Scott and Dwight singing Electric City, the Scranton song. It was the Electric City. <laughs> walking into that stadium and walking out of that stadium with a win with seventy thousand fans was absolutely insane. Yes. Never experienced anything like that. Now it yes. was a, it, I knew that was as a minuscule of what it would have been like with a championship parade, but it was huge because we've been to a few Browns games and we got blown out every single time. So, mm-hmm. or, oh, the yeah. f- or the fact that, you know, he's hearing that music and then the, the time that I got to go to Cleveland and watch the Browns play against the Bengals. Yeah, it was awful. And we got, oh, and that was when good old Johnny was there. Uh, or John, John Cuc- Manziel. Cuss John. Let's, let's, so. Yeah. John Manziel. Yeah. So, John. When, when, when I watched it, it was like they were playing taps for us. Yeah. But it was nice because <laughs> even though that we're that bad, it was so nice to be in an area that was like, oh, you're a Browns fan. All right. Go Browns. Yes. I was like, what? I'm not yes. used to that because yeah. I'm used to like, why are you, are you wearing, wearing a brown? Yeah. What are you wearing a brown shirt for? Are you yeah. a Johnny Manziel fan? <laughs> Do I look like a Johnny Manziel fan? He does, actually. I was. So, yeah. I was. I was a big Johnny fan. So, <laughs> but anyways. So how's it? Is it even with OB, OBJ? Because we had Pumpkinhead on after OBJ signed or traded mm-hmm. to the team. Yep. 
So is the, is the electricity still going on? Is it still the kilowatts going like crazy still? Yeah, I mean, you know, we are ultimately a Brownstown. Like, that's pretty, that's common knowledge. I yeah. think we can all agree that. Agree. So the fact that we've sort of been preparing for this specific season for, like, decades, because this is the only time on paper that we actually look really good. I mean, yeah. we got OBJ, which is something that I'm still – it's still not going to hit me totally until I see him on Sunday playing for us. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen, you know, the, the mini camps and, I've, you know, him at the podium and I see it in his Instagram. He takes pictures and you see the pictures, but, like, this is a big deal. We are finally, like, I feel like we've finally arrived. And, like, the whole city just feels it. And, you know, even when they had the, the draft announcement party down in Cleveland, they were giving away free beer. Like, this is all, this is what we always wanted this has been 20 years years in the making 25 years in the making yeah like this is it guys so yeah every i i can't emphasize enough how how much fun this season should be for us i'd say should be because you never know what's gonna happen like things (laughs) well the the good news yeah no i i i tell you as a browns fan we all agree that there's a possibility yeah. <laughs> for yeah. anything. That's why but I keep saying on paper we look amazing. But the so. difference yeah. is, is I, I'm I'm not one. I, I hate to say it. I, I'm just not one that believes in the curse. I don't believe that. I believe that things just happen, and we, you know, we we draw the short end of the stick uh, more than once. Mm-hmm. And I feel like since LeBron won the championship and brought life back into uh, the the city that we. We're like, man, this is the greatest city ever. I mean, we're mm-hmm. some two kids from Texas. <laughs> Our dad grew up in Cleveland. We yeah. thought we thought Cleveland was New York. You know, yeah. everybody's all New York's the greatest city. Really? I was like, you ever been Cleveland? to Cleveland? <laughs> and they kind of stare at us like, you ever been ridiculous. to Reunion Tower? Like, come yeah. on, guys. Have you, have you been to the Good Times Three? Yeah, come on, we, we've been there. We've been on that boat. So you know, a lot of the, a lot of the people didn't. Or, you know, when we. When everybody tells their stories about where they went to vacation, where they whether they went to Florida oh, yeah. or they went to Georgia or they went to New York or L.A., mm-hmm. we were talking about going to Cleveland. Yeah, yay! Yeah, yeah. and so that's, that's when awesome. you, that's when you find out who your real friends are, yeah. which was very that's minimal. Right. At yeah. that age. They're like, wait a second. <laughs> They're like, hell, even, guys are, are even as Yankees? an adult, even as an adult, when my wife and I were going to Cleveland in December, people were like, why? And I was like, the Browns. Like, that's why. That's why. I said yeah. we we have two tickets to paradise and it's in it's in the dog pound and we were <laughs> and we That's absolutely right. loved it. I mean before we I think we were on the thirty yard thirty yard line, mm-hmm. weren't we? Yeah. So our first game we went we were on the thirty yard line on the first row and it was probably we could feel how negative the sideline was. So it was mm-hmm. very depressing. Like it was it was yeah. probably one of the most depressing moments of my life. But because of how bad the Browns played that day. Yeah. Well, tell us tell us. I mean, how big of a super fan are you? Of the Browns. Yep. Um, are you are you dedicated. crazy? I I yep. will say, I had there was a period of time I lived in North Carolina for about five years. Oh. So, um, I just moved back like two years ago, and I actually just attended my first Browns game in 2017. Oh wow! Which game did yeah, you go to? Yeah, that was my first. Um, and how bad they was played, it? <laughs> it was a December game when they played Green Bay. Holy Kaiser! And yeah. Uh, I love Kaiser. So. Oh, you're a Notre Dame fan. Yeah. <laughs> yep. so. Yeah, exactly. You know who else so loves Kaiser? Kaiser was my boy. You know who else loves Kaiser? Who? The, the defensive backs on the other team. Yes, so. they did. <laughs> they loved them. Goodbye. Yeah. They loved so. <laughs> so, So you're a pretty big, you're still a pretty big Browns fan. You grew up as a Browns fan, correct? I did. Um, when they left, I was still like pretty small. Um, so when they left, I was actually a Redskins fan for a while. Hmm. Because I like I liked um I like Clinton Portis and Lamar oh. Arrington I really liked them yeah. so like you know I cheered for them and then in two thousand four or five that's when I became like a full on Browns fan and I have to say though I did take a little hiatus when I drafted Manziel because I could not stand him so when I was in North Carolina and that happened I didn't watch them for like a, at least a season well that's all I had them for it's so. yeah. You yeah, know, but I, I can't blame you. I can't when I was, like, I was, I was Kaiser's super fan, so I more than made up for it. 
so we're good now. That's a tough player to be a super fan for, too. It, yeah. it was a tough, it was a yeah. brutal job, guys. And I, I think he actually would have been decent. He was just thrown in there way too early, and that's Hugh Jackson's fault. Well, so. the good news yeah, is, is he's playing Jackson's behind fault. Aaron Rodgers right now. So, yeah. He, yeah, he had his, he got thrown to the Wolves, literally thrown to the Wolves. I mean, because I don't care what anybody yes. says, the NFC or the AFC North is the hardest division in football, period, mm-hmm. because it's so back and forth, whether it's, Baltimore's on top one year, Pittsburgh's on one top. Go back to the 80s when it was the Browns and the Steelers, Steelers mm-hmm. in the 70s. I mean, these are teams that, that were hard-nosed football players. So, uh, yeah, I have to agree. So, from 1 to 10, how ready are mm-hmm. you for football? Oh, God, like a 20. Yes. 22 days is training camp. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so. And all the tickets for, like, the first wave of uh, training camp tickets sold out in like two minutes. I think. Yeah, we uh, we talked about that last week of how fast it sold out. So. Yeah, that's insane. Have fast. you guys ever been to Berea? No, no, have not. So. Oh gosh. We've always like, we've done the we've done the Cleveland and Canton tour, but we have not been down to Berea. So. It's um, it's beautiful. Um, but the weird thing is, I went to my first like you know camp back in two thousand seven. And I swear, it was just, like, you know, probably, like, 25 people and, like, on bleachers. And that was it. And it was, like, during a work day. There was nothing nothing going on. I went last year. It is, like, a circus. But do you think that has a lot to do with Baker? Yes. Yeah. I think it has pretty much everything to do with Baker. Like, you know, the recent – because, you know, like I said, everyone – we've always loved the Browns. They've always been number one. But now there's a reason for it. Yeah. You know, and everyone was very excited to have him, and I can't even imagine what's going to be like this year. It's going to be crazy. Well, I just know after as crazy as I went d- when Baker came in during the Jets game, I was like, "This is it. It's going to change everything," and it did. <laughs> it and did. So I'm excited. Like everybody's at it twenty. And you try to ruin it, though. You try to ruin it. <laughs> well, Hugh also got some, fired. So he. I mean, but why wearing. would you put handcuffs on Baker? Like yeah, you just don't true. handcuff Baker. But, so what's your prediction for the season? I think I'm going to stick. I've been saying nine and seven, so I'm going to keep with that. I'm wow. going di- to disagree with you. I'm, 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 I'm 12 I'm, and four I'm right actually now. hurt that it was nine and seven. This is the year uh, that we should be, be. This is the year that we got to we got to push the push the envelope. So we're going to be twelve I, and four, and we're going to win ten straight Super Bowls. So <laughs> I hope for all you know. of that. I really do. <laughs> But I always have to – it's always in the back of my mind that something could go wrong, this could go wrong. I, then, I feel no. like for the first time ever, because I think in 2000 – I forget when Charles Bentley was signed. We had all those free agents that signed, and then two of them, two of them tore the patella tendon in their knee. Right. Yes, these and things happen. Like, I feel like there. then I was prepared for that, and I was like, something's going to happen. And I, you could feel it. Like, it was like, oh, uh-huh. we have some good feelings, but it's like there's some bad stuff back there. There's no more – like, there's no more corrosion back there. I feel like – Baker is that lime away stuff that you put on your your shower head, and all that bad <laughs> stuff just disappeared. Right. So I hope so. I, I feel really like, do. and you tell me if 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 this is how you feel, Brittany. But this is how I felt when LeBron returned. Like, yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. And I, I yeah. I mean that's the that's the that's the feeling I get from you know listening to other Browns fans, reading the tweets, doing listening to people's Facebook lives or. Whether it's NFL Network or or the the big four letter word ESPN decides mm. to you know chime in about how awesome it is to you know that the Browns are have OBJ, I feel like this is this is that same feeling I had during that same season when LeBron returned to Cleveland yeah. and it was just it was uplifting. Yes, it, that, yeah, you nailed it. That's it's pretty much the same as it was then. Like that feeling you got. Way the city's reacting to it, so and it's even bigger now because it is the Browns. So it's hopefully it can all come together. And yeah, it's the it's the heartbeat of the city is the Cleveland Browns. So yes. well, the Indians have exactly. a, the Indians have a strong. I mean, there's a strong love in Cleveland for the Indians, but that's yeah. tainted by the ownership right now. And I think Dolan, it, we've talked it about has that definitely definitely hurt. And the hurt Cavs, the we had tainted by LeBron leaving again. I wasn't upset that he left again. I expected it. I I, I just yeah. read the post just like my Facebook post a couple of days ago, like the memories and it says, I expected LeBron leave. Thanks for the championship. Like, at least he, at least he was mature about it this time. Yeah. Not like I'm gonna have yeah. a special about it. That's still, nobody pissed. had to go oh, burn jerseys. Yes. Oh, it still makes me mad. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Browns are going to be that team that we, that we, uh, we have something to be excited for. So 
Other than that, do you have anything going on in your life that you want to promote while you're on the uh, podcast? Uh, no, I mean, you know, occasionally I'll write a little something or two for Big Play. So check them out. <laughs> yeah, we, fo- we follow them as well. Yeah, we follow them as yeah, well. Yeah, they so. have, um, you know, a couple good shows during the week. Uh, great guys and girls. So, yeah, I do that. And then uh, I'm not going to promote my own show because I don't even listen to it. So I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. I've been doing this show every week for like two months, two, three months. I've never listened to a single episode, so don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, we we it. greatly appreciate you having you coming on with us tonight and uh, taking time out of your natty your, your natter days to uh, to celebrate and to talk with yeah. us here. Uh, well, thank you. It's been so much fun, guys. Well, we hope to have you on again soon, and uh, thanks for you know taking the time out. Yeah. Of course. So thanks just, for having me. Yeah, for sure. And just like uh, Freddie Kitchen says, if you're not wearing orange and brown. You don't matter. There, there we, we go. go. And we're out. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, Brittany. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, guys. Right, bye. So that was a great interview. It was amazing. So a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. I felt like this interview just shows how professional we are. We're getting better. We're getting a lot better. A lot better. So if you're if you're with a national radio group, listen to our show and sign us. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm surprised ESPN laughs, hasn't called us yet. Nothing but laughs and nothing but joy. I mean, this was like a Christmas song. And I, ho- I hope we get to have Brittany on our show again pretty soon because yeah. it was it was a lot of fun. It'll, it'll, it'll be good to have you know contributions from individuals that are there in Cleveland experience the energy that's of the city and how it's going, especially how good the Browns are going to be. Yeah, especially when so. it's coming from two guys out of Texas Yeah, that are Browns fans for life. Life. So let's keep this going. It's it's our we're already running, you know, a it's long a lo- podcast. A long time. But you know what? The Orange is the New Browns podcast listeners deserve quality podcasts. Quality sports podcasts. And and you know what quality sports are? Well, yes, I know what quality sports are. Yeah. I mean, but what I'm saying I is I coach them, bro. Uh well so the quality is what we bring to the Browns fans, to the Indians fans, and the Cavs fans. Quality is rumored long after the price is forgotten. Exactly. And we're free. Yeah. Free 90 free. Yeah. But. Buy one, get one free. But you we, we, we need it. we need a sponsor to dole out those dollars. Dole out those dollars. So that we can get some merchandise. Some merch. I mean, so that we can start giving away, you know, do these big giveaways with the Orange is the New Browns podcast shirts, yeah. hats, with the Red Hot coffee Hot mugs. Said. Give it away, give it away, give, give it, away it away now. now. Yeah. You know? So, all right. Let's. Finish this off with none other. We've talked about it two weeks in a row. Yeah. Let's do it this for a third. This is America, baby. Yesterday we are, was our Independence Day. Two we, days ago, we beat England again. Did you just hear that? That was fireworks going off the day after. It's illegal to do it here in Texas, but we're doing it. Popping we're, fireworks we're for the U.S. women's soccer team. Yeah. And we're going to be in the World Cup Sunday. You guys ready for this? 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock. Who are we you, playing? We're playing the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Yeah. So have we played them? Which was something that our parents told us never to talk about when we were kids. The Netherlands. So. <laughs> so what? What was the? Uh, you said that they beat England, right? Two to one. Because I actually missed that game. Yeah. I didn't get to see the, the, anything about it. So kind of just. I was refresh on the road. My, I was on the road. Just su- you know, just kind of tell me what the score was. Two to one. Two to one. Yeah, we. Uh, we actually allowed a goal. We allowed. Oh, we've allowed a goal the last few games. So oh, it's okay. been two to one the last okay. few games. But we allowed two to one. We uh, it was probably one of the most dominant games I would say on a goalie standpoint. That the goalie of ours. Um, I don't want to try to pronounce her name because I don't want to butcher it. Yeah. But but you know who you are. You know who you are. She saved the game on the 84th minute. They had a penalty kick. England had a penalty kick. There dove at it. America wanted to celebrate, and she's like, "No, let's go. Let's keep going." Like she wanted to continue to play. She was very just down to earth. And this is the goalie that replaced Hope Solo. Right. Huge American hero, Hope Solo. Not a hero. Huge American star for soccer. She's not much of a hero because of her personal life, but, you know, that happens. But funny thing about this new goalie, she babysitted Dan Patrick's kids. Wow. You know that? So Dan Patrick of ESPN fame and now his own fame, you know, she she babysitted his children when he was like you know, 15 years ago. Well, so that's pretty interesting. Pretty cool there. A little tidbit for you guys, but we play the Netherlands on Sunday at 10 o'clock. We're going to win. 
we're, we're going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. the world. I'm, so. I'm excited. I'm going to watch this game. Yeah, it's a 10 o'clock Sunday. So, I mean, we might even put a Twitter reaction to, you know, for yeah. our celebration for the U.S. women's soccer team. So excited about it. I mean, because I'm pretty sure that they're going to be listening to this podcast before the game. Yeah, they always do. Oh, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's Alex Morgan it's breaking news here. Breaking, oh, breaking news. news. So Alex Morgan, you know, famed U.S. women's soccer player, said probably. Probably. On possibly ESPN the other day. Really? Orange is the New Browns podcast is the best podcast to go to for soccer news. Yep. For U.S. women's soccer news. U.S. Too. women's soccer news. And said that me, I was the greatest youth girls soccer coach ever. Didn't she take a picture in front of the your statue? She in, did. In probably. Kansas? Possibly she did. It's possibly. I mean, it's so she flew all the way from France just to see that picture of you know, to take my picture of my statue. It's corrugated steel. It's beautiful. Right. Right. So I don't tweet it out. What did the caption say on the picture? Because I know she took it back to the women's soccer. You know, it's motivated, that, you know, man. I, I mean, I would assume it's so. some type of motivated little yeah saying underneath underneath that picture, right? Yeah. Well, what what does it say? It's eat thunder, crap lightning. That's what it says. <laughs> so. Well, on that note, um, I'm going to say what an awesome time we had with Brittany on our show. Exactly. All of us Browns fans are excited for the uh, up-and-coming season and 20 days away. 20 days away from training camp. So We report. In about 20 seconds, I'm ready to get out of this basement. Let's do this, man. And I'm out. And we out. Bye. This was episode 11 of Orange is the New Browns podcast. 243 years ago, we handed England their first L. Three days ago, we handed them another L. Put those L's in your tea and sip it, England.